Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, folks. Yes, it is the Three Amigos. It's Thursday, so it has to be the Three Amigos. How are you guys doing today? How are you doing, Dion? Howdy. I'm doing great. Mike, I like the new office. I'm ready for round one. Yes, the new office. Lots more. Hopefully in the next 30 days, I'm meeting a painter here at two o'clock and I got a bookshelf coming and, and soundproofing and all kinds of stuff. So hopefully it, it even gets better and better over the next month. So it should be fun. And Matt, thank you for testing it out with me the other day. I appreciate that. It was very helpful. And Matt, uh, help me help me spend more of my money. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm doing great. I literally thought about setting a bunch of things that you didn't need to. They were all just really expensive. But I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that to him and make him make a bunch of time to return everything. I'd feel bad because you'd probably make Olivia do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not doing that. That's Olivia. Well, uh, our first video today is, uh, I just want to hit like three, four, five random topics, maybe three, four minutes each. And we got to start with this other channel that's in his mom's basement. Apparently, he just put out a video I was told about nobody called that interest rates were rising. And I personally take offense to that because I've been putting it out on my channel for at least six months that this was going up so much. So, oh, by the way, mom basement guy, we told you that I was refining commercial properties because I expected this to happen and it happened. So we got our money out early because we see how the chessboard moves. So, ha ha. That's my thoughts about that. What do you think, Matt? I would use different language. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, at the end of the day, the guy's exactly who I knew he was. He's a professional underwriter that doesn't own any investment properties. That's what he is. He's, that's exactly what he is. So when you're a professional underwriter that doesn't actually own any investment properties, I guess you can have any stupid opinion you want because it's not like it's actually impacting your paycheck. Yeah. So for people that are in the game and living the game and doing this on a daily, those are things that you and I, we spend, I mean, and, and it's no small feat. If you've ever refinanced a house, multiply that times 18. That's what I did. 19. I did 19. 19 refis and 10 purchases in a 12-month period. That is the absolute level and definition of insanity because the amount of paperwork and work and effort that that creates is absolutely mind-numbing. So I would only do it if the cost to BS ratio were so off the charts that I had to do it. And because we had conviction that rates absolutely were going to be going up, that they would go up likely with speed, right? Because it wasn't just that they were going to trickle up. It was they were going to go up with velocity yes. and, and at a significant trajectory. And he's out there calling it like this is the first time he's ever heard this. It probably <laughs> is because he only watches his own channel. Yeah. Probably time to start branching out. Yeah, well, again, I love the fact that we do what we say. We're not in our mom's basement, right? I, I told people I was doing this. I refied, I ref, because I saw rates going up and inflation being up, I refied free and clear properties. Yeah. Because I could get rate, I could get stuff early, sub 4%, mm -hmm. and be ready when all this craziness happened. So I take offense to saying no one called it. Not only did we call it, but we took action 
And right. I've got dry powder because I knew this was coming. Uh, how about you, Dion? What do you think? Dry cheap powder. Yes, cheap powder. <laughs> right. Uh, I go back to my <clears throat> one of my favorite sayings of don't argue with fools at a distance people can't tell you apart. Mm. The problem with channels that get a lot of attention that talk about crashes and, and you know the clickbait things that get a lot more views than people who are actually just doing the work and making it boring because boring to me is sexy. Yeah. Um, the person seems shocked that rates went up. And I think the, the right mindset for an investor is if rates double, here's my plan. Yes. If rates go down, here's my plan. My plan. Mm -hmm. If rates stay the same, what's happening with rents? What's happening with wages? What's happening with demand? What's happening with supply? A plan for each different, like one of the first things I learned when I took your course, though, how to get started one rental at a time, making that spreadsheet, mm -hmm. it was mind blowing to take and put in six times the same property. Yeah. Change this one factor, what happens? Oh, exactly. Change the interest rate, what happens? Compare side by side and have a plan for each one of those outcomes to figure out what you're going to be doing next. So if somebody is shocked that interest rates went up, it sounds like they don't have a plan on what to, especially if, if I don't watch the channel, I wouldn't know this channel existed if Matt didn't love bashing on somebody who keeps giving really bad advice. So I'm getting it third party, I guess. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's one of the things that bothers me about getting our content out. Clickbait, fear, yeah. crash videos, they sell and they just get more clicks. And I haven't broken down yet and made a, a thumbnail that says the crash is coming. So look for that in the next week or so. Yeah. Somehow I'm going to get that into a video where it's not clickbait. It's yeah. actually going to talk about the crash that's coming because I have my predictions on when it's going to happen and what's going to cause it. Yeah. So one thing that I firmly believe having taken software products from zero to hundred million is good work eventually pays off. Yes. There are stuff, there are shortcuts to get products sold right? Go to your install base, do true ups. Matt knows all these tricks. It's garbage because you don't get references. It's shelfware. Uh, so I know very certain, or at least it's my belief that if we continue to do good work and most importantly, most importantly, tell people what we're going to do and then do it. Be, and then give them the reasons. I said six months ago, rates are going to go up. Rates are going to go up faster than people expect. I am going to refine now to mm -hmm. take equity out. So I'm sitting on it. And I said, I'm willing to sit on it for a year or two mm -hmm. because I know what's coming. So buddy, uh, to say that rates, you, nobody called it is an incorrect statement. So that's number one. Number two, we're going to start with Dion. So Dion, in our Facebook group, there was a, I think it was Facebook. It might've been three amigos uh, talking about bigger pockets and appreciation versus cash flow. David Green had a comment. I think we've all sort of given our feedback. Sounds like I may have um, not understood the completeness of the question. So you want to want to talk about uh, all of that? So the, the video was a series of questions where he had eight or nine questions from viewers and then he went through each one. And at about, I think the 30 minute mark, he had a question on appreciation versus cash flow. Mm -hmm. And I've done some versus videos on my channel where, you know, what is better, a home equity line of credit or a cash out refinance? Yeah. And I did one on cash flow and appreciation. And it was the only video where I had a versus where they pretty much agreed with each other. Mm. Cash flow protects your assets. So if you ever have a downturn, that's what the cash flow is there for. The appreciation and the principal pay down is generally what builds wealth. But we're looking at history. 
yeah. not projection. We can project cash flow with reasonable certainty. We know where the rents are. We know what the rates are. We know what our payments are going to be. We can estimate what repair costs are going to be. Mm -hmm. But when people talk about, I want to buy this property because over the next three years, I'm going to see 10% rent increases. That, that, we know that sounds silly. So somebody saying, I want to buy this property because over the next three years, this is how much appreciation is going to happen. That sounds just as silly. Uh, and, but the, the, the thing I like about David Green mm -hmm. is he's, he's very articulate. He, he could talk three sentences ahead of the words that are coming out of his mouth is where his mind is. So I like listening to him talk. I, I, mm -hmm. I learn a lot from him. Yeah. But he's trying to compare the size of his, his portfolio to the average investor in their first couple of years. There, there is a point where you can take more risk, you can diversify, you can start doing burr, burr strategies. But in those first few years, if you do anything, expecting appreciation as a part of the, yeah. the reason you're going to be successful, that really sets you up for failure. But if you have 50, 100 properties and the cash flow to support it, and over in one market, you buy a property that could totally lose all value but you think it's going to appreciate, sure, that small risk in that market makes total sense, but not when you're in the beginning before you've hit that income snowball and you don't have the cash flow to support the mistakes. Yeah. So it was a good question when it came up because in the moment he was talking about how appreciation works better for him. Mm. We're, I'm not at his stage. You guys might be beyond his stage as far as investing in real estate goes. Mm. Um, so there's times where you guys can take a bigger gamble and it makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, for instance, pulling out cash because you know interest rates are low and mm -hmm. sitting on it for a couple of years because you know what's going to happen makes sense when you have a few mm -hmm. rentals. Absolutely. If you have your first rental, I wouldn't pull out a home equity line of credit right now on my own house, put it in a bank and sit on it for two years, right? Cor it, correct. Don't compare that first year to the 10th year. Um, <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and just before I forget, I think bigger pockets would benefit from having in a full, an ex full time employee who knows what it's like taking a, a small rental portfolio and earning financial freedom versus being agents and other real estate experts. But bigger pockets hasn't called the, me or the lumberjack yet, so <laughs> we got to figure that out. So, so to turn the tables, sure. Have you applied? Oh, yes. I, don't, I don't know how to apply, but I've asked to be in. Not to be on the show, but to be an employee. Oh no! Are you kidding me? I would do it. I'm not going to be an employee, but I'll do it for free. <laughs> there you go. I'll do it for free. Yeah. I'll be a I'll be a BPB, and you can figure out what that last B is. <laughs> I know what I would call it, but I'm not going to call it. Anymore. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sales I guys think, think the same. I tell yeah, you. exactly. I mean, hey, you know, at the end of the day, I I appreciate where he's coming from. I've got a, you know, we've got a hundred units. You got over, you know, you have almost 200 units. Mm -hmm. And I looked at it and I said, you know what? It doesn't have to be an either or strategy. You don't have to be in the, you don't have to be in the cash flow camp and not in the appreciation camp. Mm -hmm. The crazy thing is, is that I, you have to, you have to pick which one's more important and which one's more important to me all the way when I started. And I'm always looking at it because how many people are on this channel, watching this channel that have a hundred units? Not many one in 200, one in 500, like it's not very many, right? And so how many people are in their first five? Probably 90%. Most. Yes. 90, 95%. So I'm always trying to give it from the perspective of this is what I would do. And this is what I did based on this is the information that people are looking for. So I bought in an area, I had kind of a hot zone in one of the towns I was doing business in. 
And that hot zone was pretty much anything that was coming up in that hot zone. And it was like 12 streets. Mm. I was going to buy it. And I would overpay ask all of that stuff because I had really nailed that area. But what no one was paying attention to was that the rents in that area were absolutely 100% off the charts. Mm. And all of the landlords that weren't way over, that weren't where they should be in market, it was because they hadn't done the homework. They owned the building for 20 or 30 years or 40 years. I bought one where the guy had owned the building for 42 years. And he was charging $700 a month rent for a two bedroom that I did 5,000 bucks worth of rental work for and I'm 1400. I doubled it for five, like five grand. I think it was, was the total, total bill there. So these are the kind of things that I really want newbies to listen to and people that, you know, own less than 10 units Mm -hmm. is don't become a slave to either algorithm, which is Mm -hmm. appreciation or cash flow, but recognize that largely when you point towards keeping your business open, market slowdowns, I've used the example in my response back, which said, Hey, for 10 years, those pro- my properties for 10 years didn't really appreciate. I had Cisco money for 10 freaking years and it was just dead money that didn't really do anything. But over those 10 years, my rents did go up every single year. And so in the last three or four years, I saw massive appreciation in those assets. But for 10 years, I was dead money. But you know what also went up in the last four years? Crazy was the rents. So I much more subscribe to if you dance with the one who brung you and when you're doing that deal and you're buying that deal, what you really want to be focused on is cash flow and recognizing that if your cash flow can get stronger and stronger and stronger, it can also be on an asset in an area that you think has a lot of things going for it when it comes to appreciation. One of the things that I love about Dion's story is he actually bought something where there was a bridge, right? That was you, Dion, right? Where there was a bridge going into place and it's like, this is going to change the game And it might be three years down the road or five years down the road, but that asset, the day that you bought it still made sense. Right. And then it was, now I'm going to have a bonanza. That's that's what I like. Really well. Bridge went in, mushroom plant went away. Um, Appreciation was over a hundred percent in two years and rents have over doubled. So we need to make the video insider trading when it's legal. (laughs) Done. Yeah. And what I want to say on this is when I get questions like this, I always lean to being Mike Zuber with one or two or three units, like no matter what question I get, because I know that 95% of my channel is there, unless someone specifically asks, like, what would you do now? Because those 99% of the time are very different. So for me, appreciation has never been a calculation for the first five years. It's not even on my, it's still not on my spreadsheet. So yeah. All right, so now for Instagram stupidity. Not to. Yeah, I just posted like an hour ago. I hope that's not pointed at me. Well, you're about to find out. (laughs) Here you go. Any advice for someone trying to buy a property out of state, sight unseen? Uh, (laughs) Is it is it also their first property? (laughs) I've read the extent of the question. No, go ahead. No. Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are we in Vegas? It must be in Vegas because that's the only place that they make those high winning slot machines that are just like the, the, you listen, new in the game. I've bought something sight unseen before and it was such an outrageously ridiculous deal. Like even I literally said, 
I, and Mike, you've done this too with some of the properties that you had during the crash, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm buying this for 65% of land value, I'll write a check. I'm happy to do it. I don't even need to see it. The only thing I need to do is confirm with the town that there's not some mushroom farm or toxic spill that happened there. Right. Outside of that, I'm good. But out literally any other scenario, sight unseen, unless, I mean, you really have to just know that it wasn't anything, you know, like some major chemical spill or something like that. Because if you're buying it 65, 70% of land value, Okay, maybe consider it, but outside of that, absolutely not. But most of you don't even understand what he means by land value, right? When yeah, you buy a piece of property, there are two valuations. Let's just use a hundred grand. You're gonna buy it for a hundred. The land has some value, usually 20%, and the building structure has 80%. What he is saying is he's going to buy this hundred thousand dollar house for 60% of land value or 12 grand. That's right. Let's just be clear. So Dion, you, you, get a, you get a bigger pockets question that says, any mm. advice for someone to try to buy a property out of state, sight unseen? What do okay. you say? I'm, I, I'm, I'm glad you said the same question. For a second, I thought you were going to give me a new question and I wasn't going to get to do my favorite thing and say, Matt, you're wrong. <laughs> I look forward to that so much. And it's just my opinion that you're wrong. Yeah, but okay. to, to put a blanket over it and say, I would never buy out of state, sight unseen when I'm starting out, kind of. I'm not, if I'm a new investor, I'm not going to fly to Ohio to look at a property, but I'm not going to invest in Ohio unless I do a few things. First, educate myself on how would you invest at a distance? David Green has the book on long distance investing. Do you have boots on the ground? Did you used to live there so you know the neighborhoods to invest in or to avoid? Do you have somebody who works in the industry there, like a property manager or a handyman that you trust, like who is going to fly to your funeral trust that would tell you what is a good or bad deal? Because connecting with somebody in another state and saying I'm an out-of-state investor and I want to buy there, they're going to send you some great-looking deals that all of the local investors have passed on. Exactly. So, so I wouldn't do it unless I had my own personal boots on the ground that I trust. I have a friend here in Washington. She did a reverse 1031 exchange. She knows she knows the property manager in Ohio. So the property manager finds the property, she buys the properties, then she sold her property here, did that reverse 1031, so she paid no no gains, no taxes on the gains, and is investing in Ohio not her first deal. It's like her third or fourth. So she's got some of the, the basics down, but she has boots on the ground that she trusts who's in the industry. So yes, in another state, sight unseen, all day long. If you've educated yourself and you have your, I know David Green calls it something like your fabulous four or your, your core four, your core four, your property management, agent, lender, whatever you need there. If you've done the work, yes. But Matt is, I hate this part. Matt's right. <laughs> Ah. First couple of deals with no boots on ground, that would be stupid to buy side unseen in another state because that 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 agent you connect with is going to find a great deal. Like I said, that everyone local there passed on for a reason. Exactly. Yeah. Could I and if I could if I could answer too to, to Dion's point, I had a deal like that behind a building that I owned. Behind a building that I owned, we had a deal. So it wasn't sight unseen, but it was. Every other investor on the planet had seen this deal. I'd walked it twice after he did two price reductions. And I said, yeah, you know, let me, okay, let me just walk it again. So I walked in again. And I was like, you know what? My number is still my number. And he got some moron to sign on the line, which is Dodden and buy the deal. And this guy 
I met him and I went over to introduce myself. I said, hey, really nice to meet you. This is who I am. I saw actually on the building back behind you. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. He's like, man, can't believe you missed out on this one. I'm like, oh, you turd. And I was just like, I said, I said, yeah, well, congratulations. You know, good, good luck with that. What are your plans for the foundation wall in the back? Foundation wall in the back? Yeah, it's actually collapsing in. I mean, but I'm sure you knew that with, you know, how serious of investor you are. So this is the thing. Every investor in my city and the bordering cities had seen this deal. It'd been on the market for months and months and months. He had two price reductions. And then conveniently, he went off market. Course he went off market because everybody else it's saturated every other investor on the planet had seen the thing so please know that in this question that's being asked of course not sight unseen but even when you see it don't think you're so much smarter than every other investor that's been around if it's been around especially in this market if it's been on the market more than a week it's probably got a story yeah so when I get questions like this, and it's really hard, right? You, you don't know who they are, their experience. You don't even know what city they're in, right? You see a freaking, you see a face image. I just go back to kind of my standard answers. First off, most people go out of state because it's cheap. And of course, we all know I have a saying that says you can go broke buying cheap. Second, I talk about the funeral, right? I would only invest in a city out of state where somebody is going to fly to my funeral if I die. Otherwise, people that I pay are not going to tell me the truth or they're going to tell me half-truths or stories and make it sound worse because they don't want to be fired. And then the last one is, yes, if you're in a new market and you come across a deal that's got 30 days on it and you think you found the best deal ever, you're an idiot because all the people that have already kicked it twice and walked it twice, you're, you can assume you're missing something. And then finally, if you are truly buying in a new city that is truly sight unseen to you as your first deal, I recommend against that, right? Get your ass, last. yeah. Get your ass on a plane and go see it, right? Maybe not for your third, fourth, or fifth, but I, I don't see why you would sign a note in a deed and put tens of thousands of dollars up for something you haven't walked. I I looked at every property I ever got an acceptor offer on for more than a decade. I did that for a car, Mike. I did yeah. that for a car. I found a deal in a car that was outrageous. I was like. That's like 30 grand light. That's like way too light for that car. And I literally said to the guy, he goes, yeah, you know, I've had a lot of calls on it, this, that, and the other. I said, will you promise to hold it for me for just seven hours? He's like, seven hours? Why seven hours? I go, because it's going to take me 30 minutes to get to the airport. It's going to take me about three hours to fly there. And it's going to take me a little bit of time to get there. And I want to test drive it. He goes, really? He goes, where are you flying from? I said, Boston. He goes, sure. I literally flew there, saw the car. It was everything that I expected it to be. I bought it. And I had, and I literally set it up and had it shipped back. It ended up being a phenomenal deal, but not without putting eyes on it. Get your butt. Yeah. And again, don't, effort. again, yeah, effort, work, work. go, go work. walk the streets, go spend a weekend. Yes. Come on, go figure it out. Okay. All right. So the last one on this topic, again, I got uh, my screensaver kicked in or whatever you guys call this. Uh, Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Where'd it go? Infernal technology. Damn thing. <laughs> uh nope that's not it go back the other way i'm actually yeah for those of you who want to know more about that deal watch my live stream on sunday i'll tell you more about that deal and i'll use more far worse language because it will be on my channel there you go okay i know it varies per market but should we buy right now or holding cash until the slowdown to jump in the market i'm a noob trying to get my foot in 
Dion, you can go first. I want to keep the sarcasm out of my face. Good luck. <laughs> um, that's a new person. They clarified. I'm a new person. I totally get the question. So it's a fair question to say. Everyone I know that's an agent is telling me there's going to be a slowdown. Every YouTube channel I see is telling me there's going to be a slowdown. So I should wait. Well, what would cause the slowdown? Higher rates? So you're going to pay more to wait for the slowdown. So that question comes up often. often. And, and I try not to have like a visceral reaction of, um, yeah, if you want to do the stupidest thing you can think of, wait to buy. Because the longer you wait, the more you're going to pay. Either prices are going to go up, go up or rates are going to go up. Or both. Um, or both, which, which is happening now. R rates are going up and people are projecting rates to go up more. So that's causing demand because people are thinking, I need to get in now before the next rate increases. Mm -hmm. And it takes a little over 3 million properties to have a balanced market. And we're under a million. On the list, what's listed now is under a million. Um, so demand isn't going anywhere. Supply's not being met because well, building's not, it's still not happening. I have a friend who's been waiting to build his duplex for over a year and a half now because of what happened to materials. And that's, that's just one example of what's happening all over the place. Uh, so whenever I see that, I try, I try to step back and go, okay, so this is a new person. They don't understand that the sooner you get in and onto the property ladder, do the work, learn your market, learn what is an average deal in your market and look for the deal that's better than average, whatever average is. Yes. The sooner you get, I mean, I want to say it one more time. The longer you wait, the more you're going to pay. There you go. Want to add anything, Matt? I mean, just do, do your homework, do the work, do the work, understand what you're looking at. If you're managing your spreadsheet. So one of the things that we talk about often is people's fear, right? Mm -hmm. And fear is the, is really based in not basic, making a mistake and making a, an irreversible mistake. That's where fear a lot of times comes from. Well, the way that you make that irreversible mistake is because you weren't doing your homework. You didn't know what you were doing. You took you fly by the seat of your pants. You're like, I'm a pretty smart person. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Or I've got enough money. It'll, I'll bridge the gap. Or I've been through worse before. Well, if you want to try it, go mm -hmm. for it. But yeah. that's really the issue is I always tell people the best way to combat fear and certainly fear of investing is to know the game cold. If you know it cold, I never worry about the agent's opinion because I know more than them. Mm -hmm. So when they're like, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not really sure about this one for you. Tell you what, talk to you in a year. If I've made this much money on it, I'll let you apologize then. Mm -hmm. And it just becomes that simple because again, that person, I, they're not going to affect my decision, but they could affect somebody else's decision. And then that person's kicking themselves. And so for me, the biggest concern I always have is if you are dealing with that fear, if you are looking at, okay, I'm about to become a real estate investor, because it's very, very exciting. But the thing that you have to, have to, have to watch is that you've done the work and that that will help eliminate fear when you truly understand what you're looking at and you've run all the numbers. And, and then it's at that point, that's when that goes from fear to exuberance. Yeah. You're like, holy cow. Oh my, and I've had deals, Michael. I'm ashamed to admit it. I've had deals keep me up at night. I've had a, I've had a deal where I saw the numbers and I was like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> and, it, and it hit it like, you know, 12.03 a.m. And I'm just like, if I call my agent now, is he going to not call me? Is he going to just like disown me? Probably, I kind of need to call him. And so what I'll usually do is I'm the worst. I'll actually send him a text message. And it's like, I know it won't wake him up, but it's like, if he's up, he's going to see it. There so, but that's the thing though, is that if you can just make that transition from fear to exuberance, 
the bridge from one to the other is really just knowledge, understanding, and really knowing what you're doing. That's the bridge. Yeah. So when I see questions like this, I go, and again, I may be wrong in many cases, but what I take from questions like that is they're almost looking for permission not to do the work. Right. It's the top of the market. I'll wait. And I freaking hate that because it is always a great day to buy a great deal. And the only way you know is if you learn average. Too many people are looking for permission to do nothing. And that's what I take when I get questions like that. So one last thing on this topic. This is something that, that has frustrated me now for eight years. My brother reached financial freedom by buying rental properties. He has 10 paid off rentals. The last one he purchased was before 2013. Since 2013, he's been telling me that first, I shouldn't be buying with mortgages. Second, I shouldn't be buying this because prices are too high. So I don't know that he'll ever watch your channel, but just in case, David, buy another rental property. It's been eight years. They're not going to go back down to the prices you saw yeah. in 2010, 2011. <laughs> not going to happen. <laughs> Sorry to make that personal for a second, but that still frustrates me because that's an investor who is financially free, been retired for seven years, but can't buy a rental property because prices are too high. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's capped his income because he's not not going back Absolutely to 2011 did. or 12. All right, guys, thank you for this. It's been a long one. Matt, how are you? How did people get a hold of you or follow you? Lumberjack Landlord on YouTube, 11.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Sundays and 8 o'clock tonight, Eastern Time. Me and Mrs. Lumberjack are hitting it back again. And we're going to uh, we're going to do a live stream tonight together. Oh, that's awesome. I haven't seen her much this week, so I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> that's right. Hey, honey, how you doing? That's, that's how we're spending our time. And I was like, man. There better not be any issues before we go on air because I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And Dion, how can people follow you? Uh, easiest way to find me is in the Lumberjack live streams. I'm in the questions trying to sneak in <laughs> when I can. Uh, right here on YouTube, Dion Talk Financial Freedom. And my live streams are Tuesday afternoons, 4 p.m. All right. Thanks, guys.